Welcome to Doing a World of Good, a podcast from the American Institute of Chemical Engineers and generously supported by Raj and Kumla Gupta, shining the light on the positive works of our members and supporters. I'm your host, Bob Norp. As anyone who listens regularly to this program will know, chemical engineering doesn't always lead to expected career roles. There are applications in medicine, enhancing living standards in third world communities, and even research into regenerative processes, just to name a few. And today we have with us three individuals who are helping to expand educational outcomes for the profession and facilitate more of these fascinating career opportunities. So first up, we welcome back Dr. Sujata Bhatia, an engineer, physician, and professor of chemical and biomolecular engineering at the University of Delaware. Hi, Suzata. Welcome back to the program. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Now, next up, we have Jonathan Galarraga, a PhD candidate at the University of Pennsylvania, pursuing research in bioengineering and working to bring innovative new biotechnologies to the market. Jonathan, welcome to the program. Hi, Bob. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's great to be a part today of the series and also to be in such good company. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you on the program. And finally, we welcome Nick Martin, STEM Program Manager for AmeriCorps Vista and Board Vice President of 4 Youth Productions, where he is leveraging his engineering training to do some pioneering work in the education and nonprofit space. Welcome, Nick. Glad to be here. Now, like I mentioned at the top of the show, you know, the career possibilities for today's chemical engineering students are pretty rich and sometimes very surprising. But are students arriving with the full scope of possibilities in mind, Sujata, or do they find inspiration more often in the curriculums they encounter once they get enrolled in a university program? What's your experience dealing with students firsthand? Honestly, I think that many students come into chemical engineering not really knowing what a chemical engineer does or can do. Um, so so they're pretty much come, typical university students. Right? <laughs> they, they come right. in. You know, they, they major in. in it because they hear from guidance counselors, parents, family, friends, well, you're good at math, perhaps you're good at chemistry, chemical engineering is a good career path, so come on in and major in it. And I think they derive inspiration mainly from meeting other chemical engineers and seeing the diverse career paths of these other engineers, even more so than from the curriculum. So it's more from encounters with actual practicing engineers through their educational experience. They come to this moment or point of inspiration where they can suddenly see a career path that they never even envisioned for themselves. Is that generally what you're saying? I think so. You know, I think that our curriculum does a good job of providing analysis skills, of building problem-solving skills, but it's really meeting other practicing engineers that allows chemical engineering students to understand what it is that they can do with the degree. I think Tom Connolly, who's now president of ACS, used to say uh, chemical engineering is what chemical engineers do. Now that that's that's really insightful, very very insightful. Hey Nick, I'd love to hear more about your journey toward your current career path. Um, I'll get to you in a second, Jonathan, because I would love to hear from you as well. But could you share a little bit more about your personal inspirations and how you ended up on the career path that you chose through your educational process? Sure. So I, I started with my interest in education and nonprofits and 
um, you know, incorporating that with STEM through my involvement in a group called the Blue Hand Leadership Program um, on our campus at the University of Delaware. And, and thereafter, I became, became involved with uh, the College of Engineering's K-12 Outreach Program. So it wasn't long before I got involved with these things that I was running weekly activities at local schools and youth centers um, and targeting underserved populations. Um, after doing this for some time, though, I saw that there was a real need for more in-depth content in the outreach. So I started designing my own curriculum and incorporating aspects from <clears throat> my classes as a, as a college student, um, as I would teach those to K through 12 students. Um, and I was fortunate enough to become to be volunteering with uh, for youth productions, which I sit on the board for now. Uh, and this gave me real world applications to actually practice this curriculum on students. Um, so I would basically incorporate high level content, but break it down for K through 12 students. And one memorable ex example was actually teaching non-Newtonian fluids to a group of second graders at a community center and they actually <laughs> retained it. So it was pretty cool. So what you're saying largely is that a lot of your inspiration came about post-university. Um, after you got out of college, you found the opportunities kind of presented to you. Is that what the main inspiration was? I would say it was a continuation of involvement of, of things that I was uh, uh, becoming a part of while I was a student. So I becoming a part of 4 Youth Productions while I was a student, uh, working with the outreach department while I was a student, and those led to opportunities um, afterwards, for sure. How about you, Jonathan? I mean, you're still involved with your educational journey. So what are the inspirations that led you to the career path that you're considering right now and to the projects that you're working on, which are pretty outstanding? And I'd love to hear a little bit more about what you're working on. But first, your inspirations. Yeah, uh, thanks. So ever since I was young, I always had a passion for medicine. Um, there's a number of doctors in my family but I never really thought much about engineering until as a high school student, I was really fortunate to participate in an internship program that kind of gave me exposure to the world of engineering um, and what that looks like. And I was, I was drawn to the systemic approach that we see towards challenging or you know, tackling real world problems. Um, so to that end, as I was looking to you know, different undergraduate programs, um, chemical engineering wasn't really on my radar. And I would like to echo what Dr. Bhatti was saying in that I had this misconstrued notion that if you were a chemical engineer, you could only work in traditional roles, whether it be as a you know commodity chemicals or in process engineering. But I was um, you know pleasantly surprised to meet many great engineers um, that were getting involved in the growing field of, of bioengineering um, and specifically leveraging you know these traditional approaches we've taken in the past towards innovative and new ideas. Um, and so to that end. I grew up, took a lot of inspiration from many of the professors um, and mentors that I had through my undergraduate studies, and that led me to uh, what I'm doing today. Um, now I'm mainly interested in biomaterials or leveraging material science and chemical engineering precepts and principles um, towards designing scaffolds that we can uh, use in tissue engineering applications. So engineering for tissue applications, what kind of examples can you give for where that can be applied? I mean, uh, what specific areas of medicine can this impact? Just for those of you not fully aware of what you're doing. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, sorry. Um, so I'm very honored and privileged to work with Dr. Jason Burdick's lab at the University of Pennsylvania. And we're interested in a number of applications, including um, cardiac repair and orthopedics. So a lot of my thesis work is actually focused on trying to reconstruct disease or degenerated cartilage for, and I feel like I'm racing against some time sometimes, 
um, because we all know somebody with bad knees or you know lower back pain and so forth. So a lot of these materials can be engineered and designed such that they can actually create an environment through which stem cells can help regenerate tissue that we otherwise lose due to traumatic injury or natural wear and tear. That's 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 truly fascinating. That's some really interesting stuff, and uh, I, I think I think we can all get a lot of insight into the career path that you chose from the educational background you had. I would like to ask a little bit more about your feelings, and I'm going to throw this out to the group as a whole about engineering programs today. Are they doing enough to help students capture innovative new ways of thinking about the discipline? And in either case, where do we need to improve? Uh, Nick, I want to start with you on this one. Um, you know, obviously, you got a lot of inspiration out of your university experience. It led to some interesting career choice choices. But did did the university program do enough? Is there more that can be done? Is there more opportunities that can be created at the university level that can inspire students to follow in your footsteps? Yeah, it's actually pretty. Um, Interesting. Even since I've been out for two years, there's so much that I've seen um, when I when I go back to campus and visit. One of the big things that I'm um, sort of upset that I wasn't a part of more of was the collaboration between more of the business and entrepreneurship and uh, schools and the College of Engineering because I think that's the step to the next in the next direction for a lot of um, a lot of universities is how do you do these cross curricular collaborations because it you know for myself included it opens you up to possibilities of how do I apply chemical engineering um, and maybe couple it with an, another passion of mine and how does that become a potential career path um, well it gives it gives real world application for um, for the innovations that you're creating in other words it's not just a scientific exercise it's actually a business opportunity and how to bring that to market knowing those skills is going to be crucial for a lot of young engineers who are pursuing more innovative paths. Right, right, for sure. That's great. Um, Dr. Bhatia, um, with your own program, what kind of things are you doing to advance this kind of innovative thinking? What are you doing to help students along? And, and where do you think that your program or other programs that are out there can improve? And what's the next step in, in developing more innovative programs at the university level? So I think that one thing that we do a great job with is getting engineers who have practical experience to come back and work with our students on design projects. So our senior design class um, involves a number of industry practitioners, and the head of our senior design class um, spent his entire career with DuPont. So this gives students an exposure to how engineers think in industry. Um, it gives students an exposure to what types of problems engineers will consider in the real world. So I think we do a great job of helping our students understand you know, chemical engineering, problem solving in real world situations for applications in the petroleum industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the biotech industry, and so on. I think that we are starting to do a good job with bringing back chemical engineers who've pursued diverse career paths. So we have an alumna of our program, Carol Odom Walker, who is now 
the Secretary of Health and Human Services for the state of Delaware, and she's a chemical engineer. So what I think we could do more with is showing our students that chemical engineering is not just a trade, it is a problem-solving mentality that you can apply almost anywhere. And that's the thing that I emphasize, that chemical engineering is not just, okay, I can work for petroleum, pharmaceutical, biotech, although you can do that, and we're very proud of our graduates who do do that. But it's also a skill set that you can apply to just about anything. And when you become a chemical engineer, when you graduate as a chemical engineer, you really are part of a community of like-minded people. So I'd like to see us uh, build up that sense of kinship and fellowship a little bit more. You know, I, I like what you're saying, you know, especially uh, I'm keying into that element of bringing back engineers who are successful in innovative ways throughout the industry and making them mentors. And I want to turn to Jonathan next with this question. I mean, mentorship, how important has mentorship been for you in the advancement of your educational journey? And what kind of mentorship programs would you like to see developed within the university systems to help mentor young engineers into the career paths that you've chosen? Yeah, well, I, uh, I certainly wouldn't be where I am today without the countless number of mentors that I've had um, through my endeavors and through my, my coursework and my training. Um, I've actually was really privileged. I know Dr. Bhatia just mentioned uh, the senior design program at the University of Delaware. Um, and I just want to echo what she had said about the recursive feedback we often have from alumni that, agree, uh, that graduate and come and teach. Um, I really enjoyed her class. It was an opportunity for me to understand how everything I had learned throughout my time at Delaware could then be implemented into real-world problems. We specifically were looking at the development of uh, vaccine and diagnostic for Zika virus during the world outbreak. So it's a very relevant contemporary problem. And understanding um, on a product development perspective what that meant. Um, so while that was one example of how we can take chemical engineering and apply it to a large problem, I think this understanding of you know, how do we really kind of integrate ourselves towards the challenges society faces that came initially from my experience to undergraduate research. Um, I was very honored to work with Dr. Chris Clockson, and that was a great experience for me um, and that it allowed me to realize my passion for research and, and for teaching as well. Um, I was also a, num and a member of a number of different mentorship programs, um, including the McNair Scholars Program, and I would like to see more mentorship opportunities, not just for students, but for faculty alike to really develop these relationships. Um, at the end of the day, I think there's something to be said about fostering relationships through which you can really develop in new ways of thinking. Um, so I hope someday to be able to, you know, as my goals, my aspirations are to continue to, to become a part of academia. Um, so creating programs that can reach underserved students and underrepresented students is a, a large passion of mine. You know, one of the things that strikes me listening to that, how important mentorship has been for you through your entire path in the, in the educational process, it seems to me also that mentorship is something that needs to continue on an ongoing basis. And Nick, what kind of mentors do you still seek? I mean, are, is mentorship still a part of your life? And what kind of opportunities are there post the educational experience to seek out and, and get the mentorship and support and advice of people who've gone before you? Yeah, so it it's, continues to be an important part of my life. Um, 
since I, I guess my path is a little more unique in terms of going to the educational entrepreneurial side, I was still tapping into that those chemical engineering connections. I was an active member in my uh, AICHE chapter, so it was go attending conferences, tapping into networks that were entrepreneurial focused, but chemical engineering and backing. And I was able to meet so many um, interesting people that I could see myself, you know, identifying with that I didn't even know that you know existed until I had just reached out and asked and attended these events. So um, to, to your point, I, I definitely think it continues to be a huge part. And no matter what avenue you take, you can definitely find a chemical engineer who's in that profession somewhere. And, and with that in mind, uh, Dr. Bhatia, uh, I'd love your thoughts on what part the chemical engineering community at large needs to play in advancing and promoting new ways of thinking about the profession. Because... Yeah, we talk a lot about the educational experience and the university's role in inspiring innovation, but without the real-world application, without real-world mentorship, without real-world support, there's no fertile ground for any of these new ideas to take root. So how can the community at large play a larger role in helping students to envision what's possible for them going forward? So I think it's really important to catch college students early in their career. We know that we lose some of our most talented students uh, between the freshman and sophomore year of the chemical engineering program. In fact, some studies have shown that it's the students with the highest SAT scores that are most likely to abandon engineering because they fail to find inspiration in the first couple of years of the program. Most chemical engineering curricula are set up in such a way that, um, you know, students are doing all their core courses, thermodynamics, you know, physical chemistry, um, you know, you know, basic mass balances, chemistry, physics, math in the first couple of years. And that's great. That foundation is necessary, that foundation for analysis. But sometimes we forget that we also need to inspire students. And if we fail to inspire them, they might go to something else that seems more interesting to them. So what can the community do? I would say if you're a practicing chemical engineer and you're proud of what you're doing, volunteer to come back to your local university and talk to the youngest students. I teach a freshman honors colloquium where we have one of our professors, Norman Wagner, who were, you know, spacesuits for NASA, come back and talk to students. I'm sure that none of those students realized that chemical engineers could work on spacesuits and that chemical engineers could make space travel possible. You know, if you are working on a brand new medicine, come back. I'm lo we're, we're, we're losing that you a little helps. bit there. Sorry about that. If, could you repeat that last oh, part? Sure. So I was just going to say on a, a pharmaceutical or, you know, a next generation medicine, come what you're working on. We're, we're having some technical you know, difficulties with, with your connection, Dr. Bhatia, just for a second. So I'll let you clear that up for a second. But I, I do want to go and continue the conversation with Nick here. Um, what are you doing in, to help and support people um, in their university journey? Are you giving back to your community and how are you inspiring other engineers or other people who you know from your professional background to do the same? Um, is there any opportunities for you to do these types of outreach uh, for your 
for your community at large. Yeah, I would say that I'm maybe even taking it one step further and catching them before they're even thinking about college. <laughs> um, so a lot of a lot of the work I do is with I'd say grades five through ten. So it's really the influential part where you know, especially the demographics that I work with, um, they might not even be considering math or science as an option um, or engineering to to study in school. Um, so a lot of the curriculum I designed, a lot of the work I'm doing with these students is is really targeted at how can I tap into what they are passionate about so they can show that they're, um, you know, that they're good at STEM and they can see, they can see themselves in a career in STEM. And in fact, a few of our oldest students who are graduating this year through four youth productions um, do want to study engineering in college. So I would consider it a, a success. Well, that sound that sounds great, and that's that's really inspiring for other people. Um, let me uh, ask this to the group: one quick question, uh, one quick piece of advice. What one piece of advice would you give a student entering the chemical engineering field today, Jonathan? Any thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I would encourage students to to keep an open mind. Um, I think coming into chemical engineering. There's always a sense of awe and reverence for, you know, the number of engineers, you know, past, present, and future that, that come along, um, specifically through Delaware. But with that in mind, um, it took me, I think there was a course assignment that I had once that kind of changed my approach towards my career, um, where I kind of listed the goals that I had in mind and, and what I was most passionate about, that being medicine and teaching. And then thereafter, the assignment was to identify somebody maybe four or five years ahead and then somebody 25 years ahead um, where you can envision yourself. And so I had the opportunity to, to speak with a number of grad students and then thereafter faculty. And it made me realize that most people kind of go through nonlinear career paths. And that's okay. Um, I think what I love about chemical engineering and, and why it's brought us all together here today is that it is so interdisciplinary. And as Dr. Batia alluded to before, it offers a tool set through which you can tackle any problem. Um, so keep an open mind and really get involved. I think my participation through AICHG um, during my undergraduate studies really enabled me to pursue all of my current endeavors now today, um, you know, pursuing research in a career in academia. I'm sure the people at AICHE would love to hear that. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> um, Nick, any, one, any last pieces of advice that you would offer to people out there? Yeah, I would say, and this is what helped me, is identify your unique strengths and capitalize on them. Um, chemical engineering is a tough major, and it's made up of some of the most intelligent and ambitious people I've ever met. So what helped me get through was being able to separate yourself from the pack and, and figure out what makes you unique, uh, and it, it gives you more confidence along the way. And Dr. Bhatia, I'm, I'm not sure if our signal is going to hold for your answer, but I would love to hear your thoughts on a piece of advice, one piece of advice that you would offer any student entering into the chemical engineering discipline today. Sure. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Move to a different location. So here's what I would say. I think that number one, my uh, piece of advice to chemical engineering students is hang in there. Uh, <laughs> it does get better <laughs> by the time you're a junior. And certainly a senior, it will all come together and you will see all the amazing things that you can do with your degree if you're not seeing them as a freshman and sophomore. I would tell them to get out there and do industry internships as early as you can so that you can see how your engineering skills can be used. I would say that um, 
again, engineering is what engineers do. So you can use your chemical engineering degree to do anything. If you get a chemical engineering degree, you literally can be anything you want to be. It is not just a trade. It's a problem solving skill set. Finally, in terms of mentoring, I would say that, yes, it's good to seek out mentors who've taken the path that you want to take. That being said, the path that you take may not exist right now. So I would tell students that while it's important to seek out mentors who are doing what you want to do, it's also just important to seek out mentors who conduct themselves the way you want to conduct yourself, who you feel simpatico with, who you say, this is the kind of person I want to be. Maybe that's not exactly the career I want, but that's the kind of person I want to be because the career you want may not exist right now. So find like-minded people who you can have good conversations with, and those will be good mentors to you. Well, this has been some great advice, and it's been a really inspiring conversation. Thank you very much for spending time with us today, people. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Ben. Now, our guests today have been Dr. Sujata Bhatia, Jonathan Galarraga, and Nick Martin. For more details about the topics we discussed or to find out more about the Doing a World of Good program, visit doingaworldofgood.org. And that does it for this episode of Doing a World of Good. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, search for us in your favorite podcast directory or visit doingaworldofgood.org. On behalf of everyone at the American Institute of Chemical Engineers, I'm Bob Norp. Thanks for listening. Thank you.